Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome back, friends. Welcome Wel- back. Welcome back to another episode. We're back. We did it. Another week. We made it through. Another week, and I'm still here. <laughs> it's a, it's a miracle every week. Yep. <laughs> I sit on I sit on the stoop. Like, is he coming? Ah, he is. I'm waiting for that ep- that one episode when I, the cars just keep driving by. My wife comes out and puts her hand on my shoulder and is like, I don't think he's coming this week, buddy. <laughs> I just send a card in your birthday in the mail. Just like a $5 bill. Sorry, I couldn't make it to your baseball game, son. <laughs> All right, everybody. Welcome back to the uh, to the greatest podcast to exist in the history of podcasts. It's your number one source for all things craft beer related. It's internationally acclaimed, Cindy Crawford approved podcast of hops, high fives, and friendship. I am your host, the crispiest of boy. And you'll notice for the for our, our stream watchers, uh, original recipe Tom today. I see that. Yeah. The OG Tom right here. Yeah, we'll get into that. Uh, the king of butt rock. Click, click, boom! Tom. And I'm your other host, the Royers Ford Rattlesnake. Play the music. Throwing that in early. Just making it quick. Making it quick. It's Dan. All right. And we are the... Well, it's the uh, we missed it last week. I really fell into a rut last week, man. Yeah, we really got the intro. Just we just completely disregarded any intro for this. I had podcast my mu- my week. mustache was falling off. I <laughs> trying to see through pit vipers. I feel like you just needed to get back to normal. I need to get back to my roots. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't go with the Adidas tracksuit though. Uh, it's I gotta start. I gotta start. Uh. I gotta start spacing these things out. Okay. Special events, special occasions. Got it. You know, like uh, like, like Tiger Woods on Sunday wearing the red. You know, it's the. <laughs> it's got to be. He doesn't wear red on any other day. No, he doesn't. No. Um, but yeah, we're it's the year of the uh the early two thousands, early late nineties, early two thousands hip hop. Um, missed it last week. We had a good one queued up. I know. You know, it was so topical. Um, and you know, I dropped the ball and I'll, I got to be better folks. I, I'll be, I, I promise to be better. Tom, it's a two man show. We dropped the ball. <laughs> I didn't realize it until we started bringing on the guests. I went, I just oh, looked no. over at you like, <laughs> Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we are going to get back to our roots. Uh, everybody, it is the best, best friends podcast in the world. I love that. Okay. All right. <clears throat> um, yeah, Outcast is so good. And I, I, went, I fell down an Outcast rabbit hole the other day, uh, the other night, and uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I feel like if you if you listen to all the uh, the intros from this year. Um, I'm a big fan of uh, Southern crunk rap from that time period. <laughs> you just want to all... you just want to open the door of a sweet hoopty and just drive yeah. down the road. Mm-hmm. Oh man! <laughs> yeah, I got I got uh, candy paint on my uh, on my five seven. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. All right, Dylan, what is up, Chris? It's a good song to sing. It is. It's gonna be in your head. Uh-huh. All right. Um, so I, yeah, Dan, I, I dressed down for the occasion. Uh, I mean, okay. I mean, I got, if you, if you guys want to get your taste here, I'll give, I'll give you your, 
their taste. I'll bring the Vipers. Just for the stream. Just, just for a little just bit. Just bring the Vipers on just for a little bit. Do your housekeeping with the Vipers on. <clears throat> all right. Well, I can't read anything. Um, <laughs> That's exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, everybody. Uh, remember, as always, uh, follow, rate, review. Follow us on all platforms. Um, everything. I don't think there's anything that we're not on. We're even on iHeartRadio, which I don't even know. So are Who we going to be that? on the Google Podcasts? Yeah, we're on the Google Podcasts. Well, there's this new Google Podcast thing that's going on. Is, is it, there? Yeah, I, I think there's a new platform there starting soon. So <laughs> We should be getting an email about it. Probably. Maybe. Probably not, though. But, hey, we're on uh, Amazon Alexa. Yeah. So, hey, if you want to ask Alexa about the podcast, yeah, go so right on ahead. Say, Alexa, play Best Best Friends Podcast in the world. And she'll go, none of that crap. <laughs> she'll go, who? Who? <laughs> <laughs> You mean that podcast that's popular in Ghana? <laughs> we are popular in Ghana. They hey, really Alexa, like the play the number one podcast in Ghana. <laughs> <laughs> they really like that uh, that episode with Tom Arnold from Locust Lane. Oh yeah, it that, always that, pops up. I don't know. Maybe they thought it was the uh, like the star Tom Arnold. <laughs> the, Tom Arnold. Tom Arnold. Roseanne from from, from True Lies. <laughs> Tom Arnold. <laughs> Mikhail's Navy. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's the extent of and uh, that's Tom all Arnold. I know. Yeah. Oh, uh, the, the stupids <laughs> was I that one? I don't even remember that. Oh. I think only... that was like his end of his career right there. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. Subscribe, rate, review. Uh, give us a review, Dan, or uh, a rating, Dan. What's that? Uh, what's that rating? Five star party, baby. Five star party. And then uh, give us a review. You know, uh, whatever. Wreak some havoc in the reviews, folks. Wreak some havoc over there. Um, yeah. Um, you can completely make it scathing. Yeah, obliterate it. Just, yeah, torch us. Yes. Torch the pit vipers. Burn it to the ground. And watch Tom vigorously defend them on the next week. <laughs> they look sweet. I'm, I'm not going to lie. They look great. They look awesome. I did do a little snowboarding in them. And oh, you used them when you went snowboarding? Yeah, I, I, I took a couple runs with them. How, was, how, was, uh, how were they with the, the polarization? Very nice. Yeah. Uh, they stay on your face real well too. Oh yeah, yeah. So you can adjust. Did you know you could adjust the angle of? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I was a... I was well aware when I put my <laughs> face mask on and I was I was like, cook, cook, cook. yeah, it was great. And they've got the little, um, the little oh, hooks yeah. that you can put on. Yeah. So I threw the hooks on so they stayed on my ears while Ooh. I was riding. Wow, they really do give a nice package. <laughs> send a nice. They send you a nice, a nice, a nice package. You know, you gotta. Get a nice I like how you're hefting here. your package right there. I can't. I I think it looks okay. I can't really <laughs> see the screen. Can you? <laughs> can you stop hefting your package in the friend zone? <laughs> um, all right, everybody. And uh, as uh, always, we are partnered we, with the Hopped Up Network. Yeah, Hopped Up Network is an ever-expanding group of independent craft beer podcasts, much like our own. Uh, They're our number one fans. Yeah, they really are. Uh, I think it's like Andy Man, then a topped up network. <laughs> it's a they're they're not a close second, but uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, if you like our podcast, uh, go check out some of the other podcasts on the network. Uh, you can check them out on Instagram at Hopped Up Network and uh, online www.hoppedupnetwork.com. Um, and if you guys want to support the podcast, uh, go to anchor.fm slash best best friends pod. Uh, we have a new listener support section. You can go there and you can donate to the, uh, to the podcast support uh, our drinking habit. Yeah. Uh, but it, it, if you like our content, you know, right. Yeah. Show a little support. We are, we're the PBS of podcasts right now <laughs> uh, for viewers like you. 
I don't know about you, Tom, but my fridge at home is getting a little full. I don't know. If we start getting some people supporting the podcast, we might have to start sending some beer out. Uh, yeah, I like that idea. Um, we, we got some things that we got some ideas uh, for, um, you know, top donors or, you know, we might play spin the donor wheel. I don't know. Yeah, we got it. Oh, that'd be awesome. We could do a little Instagram live yeah. to spin the donor wheel. I, I don't we, know. We've got stuff in the works. We're we're uh, we're an idea guy podcast, <laughs> you know, as much as we are a, a craft beer podcast. So anyway, go to uh, go to anchor.fm slash best best friends pod and go to the listener support section. Donate today. Uh, We'll get out some merch and we'll uh, we'll, you know, make it worth your while. We'll wet your whistle. That was was uncomfortable to hear in the the same room as you. Well, you don't have to be you don't have to listen to the uh, the the I don't have to hear you or watch you wet anyone's whistle. (laughs) Well, you also don't have I don't do the uh, the anchor uh, promo uh, live. So that's pre-recorded. So it's before the podcast. So the, the listeners have to listen to me do that. And then this. Oh, God. Yeah. So count yourself lucky, Dan, <laughs> that you only have to hear this. Um, all right. Let me get these uh, these pit vipers off so I can actually see something. There you go. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. All right. <clears throat> yeah, it was a rough day today. Rough day. Rough day? Yeah. I, you know, I... I, I for a, for a minute, I I contemplated. I was like, do I just do I call call off the uh, the podcast tonight? It's just it's just one of those days. And uh, to quote the great Fred Durst, uh, <laughs> it was just one of those days. You but, just uh, wanted to break something. Tonight? Yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, it was not a uh, it's not a pit pit viper a mustache kind of night. It's a it's an OG Tom. Ori- yeah, original, original recipe. recipe. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Um, I think we're gonna. I'm, I'm gonna start bringing those out like a like wild thing. Like, you know, you're gonna get, get the little <laughs> hit the hit the theme I'll music. Just, I'll just do like that. Yeah, and then uh, and then Pit Viper Mustache Tom. Uh, we'll call him the uh, the Eliminator. Yeah, <laughs> you'll be the closer. Yeah, the closer. I have to go to the bathroom. Wink. <laughs> um. Anyway, let's uh. Let's bring our guest. Yeah, let's and, bring our uh, guest on. Get into some of these beers. We are uh, we are continuing our trek to uh, take over Pittsburgh, um, one yinzer at a time. Yeah, one yinzer. These guys, uh, the what we're who we're bringing on tonight, um, Dancing Gnome is a uh, they're they're a Pittsburgh powerhouse. I would say. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Um, one of one of the more well known Pittsburgh breweries out this way. I will say it is the first Pittsburgh brewery that I've had a beer from when I started getting into the craft beer scene in Pittsburgh was I had Dancing Gnome. Oh, okay. I don't even know what mine was. Hitchhiker, maybe? From Hannah? Yeah, Hitchhiker was number two. I had Dancing Gnome actually a week before we got that Hitchhiker. Oh, okay. But I know where you're I know what you're talking about. All right. All right. Well, so uh, we are gonna be joined tonight by the founder and we're gonna call him the brewmaster at uh at Dancing Gnome in Sharpsburg, Pennsylvania, right outside, right outside, right outside Danton, right Don, by, Don right Don by Danton, uh, Pittsburgh. Uh, it's Andrew from Dancing Gnome. There we go. What's up, fellas? What is up, Andrew? Uh, I think didn't we do this setup last time? There we go. Oh, whoa, I'm way too big. There we there go. There it is. That's <laughs> the one. That's the setup I we am want. Not <laughs> I was like deer in the headlights right there. I was like. Oh. <laughs> Uh, Dan went full Garth when Wayne walks off. This is fun. <laughs> Not. Um, all right, so we're gonna be drinking some uh, some 
uh, Dancing Gnome Beer, which uh, Andrew so generously sent us just the most amount of beer that he could fit in a box. (laughs) (laughs) This, This was packed with love. I was on my doorstep and I was like, what the hell is that? And I picked it up. I was like, it's so heavy. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're going to, we're going to drink uh, some dancing and you can get a package like that anywhere in the state of Pennsylvania because they That's ship correct. statewide. That yeah. is awesome. Yeah. That's and awesome to hear. Nice little and website set up for that. I'll have to uh, lift with my knees. Yes. And not my back. <laughs> right, you want a nice, a nice jerking motion right just, from your lower yeah, back. Just keep your legs out of the equation. Yeah. Legs are useless. <laughs> All right, so we're going to start off with, um, what is it, uh, Marbled Hearts. So, yeah, we are going to be starting with Marble Hearts here. So let me go ahead and get that pulled up here. And while I'm pulling that up, uh, Tom. <sighs> I know we, what you're going to say. Why don't Do you want to talk about Untapped? Boo! <laughs> <sighs> The cesspool of the craft beer industry, untapped, uh, where you can go and you can check in beers, but you don't have to rate them or review them. Um, Dancing Gnome doesn't have to worry about that because they're like a 4.1 uh, <laughs> overall, uh, which is out of like 300,000 reviews. So they are they're the hotness right now. Yep, and you can follow all the beers that we have on the podcast by following us here on Untapped at Best Best Friends Pod. That's Best Best Friends P-O-D. So and that's right, Hello Brutiful, PGH. It is a cream ale that we're starting out with. Yeehaw. <laughs> um, all right, so we're going to do uh, Marbled Hearts, like we said, is a cream ale. It's 4.5 alcohol by volume. Uh, brewed with American grown, uh, American grown and two malt, malt malted oh, two row barley Good God. and maize. That way that really threw me off there. <laughs> uh, we hop this light delight, this light delight. This is all right, Dan. You take over here. I got it. I, <laughs> Tom, maybe you should put the pit vipers back on. <laughs> we hop this light delight exclusively with Cascade hops for a balancing act of bright grapefruit summer bouquet. And marmalade toast. So we are huge fans of the cream ale here on this side of the state. Um, and guess I'll ask while you're pouring this out, Tom, how is the cream ale move for you guys on the uh, west side of Pennsylvania? Slowly but surely, we're uh, we're gonna we're gonna make it a thing. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's uh it's like it's like nope. anything else. I mean, we're a fan of it as as brewers and. Um, I'd say that it has some some loyal followings of people that have been in the industry for a long time, but uh, it's never going to move as well as a hazy for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's unfortunate, but yeah. <laughs> it's the unfortunate truth. But uh, give me a, give me a countdown here, Daniel. All right, you guys ready going. to crack? Yep. All right, yep. three, two, one. There we go. Beautiful, beautiful. <clears throat> yeah. So uh, I I thought it was a good idea to start with the uh, the cream ale because. Cream ale, cream ale. Yeah, cream ale is a, it's a very popular beer style in this area, um, especially in northeast Philadelphia or northeast Pennsylvania. Northeast, God damn it, northeast Philadelphia. I was right the first time. Yeah, when, northeast Philadelphia. I would say northeastern Pennsylvania too. In fact, the closer you get to New York, you start getting a lot of those uh, the Genesee people and everything who, you know, they live and die by the cream ale. So yeah, there's a new uh, there's a new brewery up in the Poconos that. Their first beer that they put out, they put out a lager and a cream ale. 
Ah, bless you. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, God bless you. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I think in like Pittsburgh in general, like obviously Genesee's around here, but um, you know Iron City has such a an old stronghold um, in like local beer um, that people know of of American light lager is something like Iron City far more than they understand what a cream ale is. But um, it's again, it's getting there. I love this beer, so I'm, you know I'd like it to be around far more often than it is. Boys, uh, awesome. so make it something. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Cheers, man. All right, let's give it a try here. Oh yeah, that hits the spot. I've honestly been thinking about this beer all day. <laughs> like I said, I had a little rough day, and uh, I was like, man, that uh, that cream ale is really going to hit the spot. You know, my day was pretty long here too. I definitely just like kicked back an espresso right before this literally just like injected it into my veins before i got in here <laughs> just like mainlined it it's so like you were saying um about the cream ale like does anyone really know what a cream ale is does any does anyone truly know what it is <laughs> where did it come yeah, from where what it, what actually is it where's the cream <laughs> yeah exactly i mean I, I think that that's i think that that's part of the issue of um people not getting into it more where it's like you know if you have you know we have we have a pilsner on draft pretty much all the time we don't we don't package it in cans right now but like we have it on draft all the time and you know we have the cream ale in, in cans and in drafts so people are like oh i love the pilsner but i can't take it home it's like we'll grab the cream ale because it's like it's it's different for sure like we're not going to compare a german style pilsner to a to a cream ale directly but at the end of the day like it's, it's pretty similar so yeah. uh try to do that education of you know where it did actually come from but it is it is a solid eighty percent of folks definitely think that there's like lactose or some kind oh, yeah. of cream in there. And I mean like to be to be fair, it doesn't help that if you look on untapped, you know, the highest rated cream meals in the state all have pastry adjuncts in them. They all have cookies in them or, or coffee in them or cream of actual cream of some sort, lactose in them. Why would so you... it, it it doesn't help that like it, it kind of went that direction. Why would, um, why would you put but... any kind of any kind of adjunct in a cream meal, like an Oreo or anything? It just really ruin it. <laughs> we're taking we're taking well, i'm not gonna get into that <laughs> we're taking shots we had a we have a, a local brewery here that does a uh an oreo cheesecake uh cream ale which is i work at a brewery that does pretty a damn coffee good. cream ale and we oh yeah that coffee yeah. cream ale slaps yeah we did uh we did add lactose in it to actually make it a creamy cream ale so <laughs> so we um yeah. we first started getting um I mean, we really started getting into cream ale from Hannah Naked. Yeah, and that's Buck where Naked. like the Northeast Philly area yeah. kind of started invading our podcast, and yeah, you know, we started getting more and more cream ale as it evolved. And it, it's funny because we we had people, um, we, we kept talking about cream ale, and we would have people go out to breweries and and order a cream ale and be like, "Yo, this not what I was expecting at all." And we're like, "Yeah, you, you kind of have that like idea of it's going to be." lactose or somewhere along the lines of like a cream soda like it's going to be sweet um but it's it's a nail it's i mean it's super smooth like this is i mean we're gonna i'll get you here with the uh it's a clear beer so folks you know be seated please it's it's clear <laughs> uh, not getting a lot of yeah. instagram points but you're getting points <laughs> yeah, for this yeah. podcast um it, it's really nice uh super crisp i'm getting um I'm getting big uh, honeysuckle flavor out of it, um, which I really enjoy because I, I like the cream ale to be more of that like earthy, 
mm-hmm. um, kind of floral, a little floral. Like the honeysuckle is obviously a little bit of a sweeter uh, floral, but um, yeah, I, I I really like this. It's uh, the flavor is really really yeah. nice. Always a fan of two row. Always mm. provides a solid malt backbone. And that uh, what was it? Four point four point six. Yeah, lawnmower beer here. Yeah, definitely a lawnmower beer. Which uh, you know, springs right around the corner, guys. So yeah, heck yeah. Um, Come on by, we ship it. <laughs> <laughs> so is this one that you guys that you kind of brew all the time, or is this a uh, occasional? <clears throat> it's 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 a little bit of both. I think it's a it's kind of a, a transitional uh, beer in the sense of like we don't brew it like as much as we brew a beer like Lustro, which we'll talk about next. But like, um, it's one of those ones that I like to have it around and I, I want people to know the branding of it. And I want people to know that it's a dancing gnome beer. Um, whether that's, you know, locally here in the tap room and in Pittsburgh or, or even beyond that, I think that there is, uh, enough market that really does care about traditional styles like this, where to do one, um, and try to specifically nail it from a style perspective. Um, I, I really like it too, to like, just from a straight up personal, like selfish perspective, like I want it here. Like I want to <laughs> be able to come into the tap room and pull a pint of it. So, um, so we do keep it around. Like, um, you know, kind of, like I mentioned, it, it, it doesn't fly off the shelves. Um, so we don't, we don't have to brew it super often to be able to have it around for uh, most of the year. Um, but it is, it is a beer that switches out with one other, uh, beer that we brand as an American bitter. Um, which is also in the mid fours um, called Elk Artist, which is um, it doesn't necessarily defy style. We just call it an American bitter. Yeah, that's it's, strange. It's, it's I've low ABV. Yeah, yeah and it was it, it makes sense because like it's kind of like a pale ale, but it's softer than a pale ale. Like it's hmm. it's not quite as bitter. It's a little bit drier than like a Sierra Nevada pale ale, like what people think of as an American pale ale. Um, so I kind of branded it as an American bitter a long time ago, and it, it just kind of stuck, which certainly doesn't help the, the sales or marketing perspective of it, but um, it's a really good beer. Um, and so like the, these two will kind of swap back and forth. So we always have like a low B, low ABV clear uh, American style ale on. I feel like the traditional beers just didn't like know about marketing back then with cream ale and no. like the English bitter. Like anytime somebody's yeah. like, what's an English bitter or what's this beer? I, I never say bitter. I was like, Oh, it's a, it's a pub ale. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's been that's been getting thrown around a lot, actually. Pub ale, and I, I've uh, I even jokingly tweeted about it at one point. Like, should we? We have a beer called Bants. It's a, a an ESB. Yep. And another beer that like I personally love, and it is like it is like molasses out of on, like people will buy it on draft, but can wise like it is molasses. And uh, so I joked around about calling it a pub ale, and people were like, "Yeah, that kind of makes sense." And I was like, "God damn it! <laughs> I guess I guess we got to do that now." Yeah, um, I always call it, it a is, pub but, ale. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, like, I mean, marketing, marketing's huge. Yeah. I like, um, I, I really feel like if, uh, you know, we've always been told this, like Pilsner, Cream Ale, Lager, you know, it's all, it's always, it's a brewer's beer. It, it's what the mm-hmm. brewers like to drink. It's what brewers like to brew. I feel like if it was marketed like that, I feel like more people would be willing to try it. If they're like, oh, this is what the brewers like to drink, like. Yeah, and I, but I think I think interestingly, like that's a that's a good point, um, and I think like at least in Pittsburgh, um, I know kind of uh, I would say definitely out east of the state too, and honestly nationally, but um, it is gaining traction. I mean, we've we've had a couple logger events out this way. We have a logger fest coming up here in April. Uh, Human Robots doing a, a logger fest that we're coming out for. 
um, later this year. Um, there's a beer fest in Duluth, Georgia called Little Beer Fest, which is uh, you bring one lager and you bring one sub 5% beer that can be anything you want. Um, so it's definitely catching on in, in that regard. And I, I do agree with you, but if you kind of expand that though, it, it, it really is like an every person's beer. Yeah. Like it's just oh, yeah. a, it's just a utilitarian beverage that um, can kind of be universally loved. And I think a lot of, uh, you know, early craft and we still arguably could be an early craft, who knows, but um, kind of wanted to get away from that. Wanted to want it to be something different than that, which absolutely makes sense because of, of, what happened with macro and, and where it became but now you can have a beer like this that has a ton of flavor and nuance in it um we you know, we kind of people getting back to it we kind of talk about um like pilsners and and lagers uh, lagers and ales being a um like a like a gateway beer you know to because you get you have that generation i guess that was slightly above us that was a little bit before the craft beer boom that associate craft beer with hoppy hazy you know they associate it with ipas yeah you know hoppy and bitter so yeah like west coast like stone ipas mm -hmm. yeah and you get you see people go into like i've been at bars or um breweries where somebody's like oh i don't really like anything bitter and you know i'll i'll even go out and be like you know I'll recommend a Pilsner or, you know, try a lager. You know, do you like Coors Light? Do you like Miller Light? You know, try this. You know, it's a, it's just a, 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 a smaller batched version of that. Or, you know, it's like. Try a cream ale. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. There's so many times that I, I've, I've done that to, you know, somebody who's might be in like their fifties, you know, that's like, oh, I don't, I don't really like anything bitter or hoppy. All right. There's, you know plenty of beer out there that is craft beer but it's not an ipa every weekend i i should just start putting quarters into a jar for every time i i have <laughs> i have the same exact conversation with somebody who's like is in the older generation and they're like i i wasn't big into craft beer it's because they like started trying to do craft beer when everybody was trying to make the highest ibu ipa you know around yeah. trying to get like the bitter 60 wars minute yeah 120 minute you know Ballast Point, Stone, which I was deep in the foxhole. I was, I loved those beers, but I do understand, you know, people who are older than me who just want to sit back, enjoy a cream ale. And Andrew, you made a great, uh, Andrew, you made a great point about, um, you know, util, you know, utilitarian. They're Mm -hmm. just like, which I was thinking about, like, like cream ale and a Batman utility belt, just being like, (laughs) just have one there. But, uh, yeah, it's true. This is like the everyday beer that, Anybody who's into beer could appreciate. It may not be their favorite, but they will be like, yeah, this tastes like beer. It's beer-flavored beer, mm-hmm. as some of these sure. breweries that you know do all those sours like to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we'll, we'll describe it like that sometimes, too, just, just to be easy. But I think that also there's like a – you know, to, to the points that you were making, there absolutely is a, a facet now with – you know, now you have far more breweries – I mean, take us, for example, like there was a, you know, between 2016 and mid 2019, you were lucky if you came in and we had anything other than haze on our board. Like <laughs> you you were lucky. It was like it was rare. And and part of that, most of that was because it's what people were coming to us for. It wasn't because we necessarily wanted it to be that way. Like variety is awesome, but it's what it's what people were coming for. So I think that there was an intimidation factor in that, too, because 
if somebody knows that they're not going to be into that, they're not going to make an effort to come. And now that far more breweries have, um, you know, a, a, a larger breadth of variety um, and they're doing this variety pretty well, um, it, it allows people um, to step into it slowly on that route, as well as like the hardcore folks who've been into it for a while kind of come back um, and realize the, the fun of the nuance. Uh, we did have a, uh, a question come in from chat here uh, from our buddy Chris White. Uh, Andrew, any PA brewery you haven't done a collab with yet and you would like to? And if so, what style would you like to brew? Um, yeah, there's a there's – a, uh, PA has some incredible brews in it. Um, uh, I mean, so many. I think that um, – you know, I would say uh, Pittsburgh Brewing Company, but we already did collab with them, so uh, I can't say that. Um, I really, awesome. I, I really do uh, appreciate what Human Robots doing um, and kind of focusing, um, far more focusing on on traditional style beers and and lagers specifically. I think that that's um, tough to do. I think that it's it's uh, you know coming out and being able things. to do it, yeah, to do it well. And um, so they're ones that um, you know I I just recently kind of started chatting with those guys and meeting them. We uh, there is no collab in the works. I don't want to make it seem like there is, but um, we are going out for that fest, and they're definitely a brewery that uh, I'd be down to do some kind of um, lager-focused uh, collaboration. Yeah, there, they there? had it in June last year. Are they having it again in uh, – I think it was like June when they had it before. But yeah, is that, that the lager That would make sense. I, yeah. I think it's early June. Yeah. Um, I'm not specifically sure because uh, we have two lager fests in April, so I, I know it's not April, but uh, – yeah, I think I think that makes sense. Early June. So many lager. Fe- it, it, it just warms your heart. Oh, it makes me feel so good. Yeah, you, you does, never you never does. hear you never gonna, you never I, hear a haze fest. No, I was so I'm so <laughs> I I got I got so hazed out. Now that it's uh now that it's tapering off, I'm, I, I can kick back and enjoy a nice haze, uh, every once in a while. But yeah, uh, a- Andrew and Ken and the the guys over at Human Robot do such a great job with. With what they do, awesome dudes. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I saw Ken right before Lagerfest, and he some of their can releases he hooked me up with. Um, their Pennsylvania Corn Lager was oh, yeah, just was... out of this world. We just we just had their uh, the Tin Hoagie. Yeah, Tin Hoagie. Yeah. I mean, yeah they they just they do lagers so well, and it's it's you know it makes us proud being mm. like out on this side of the state that we've got like human robot that we were so curious as to like what loggers were like in you know, the western part of the state or just anywhere in general like you just don't hear a lot about them yeah for sure and i think like i know that um they're you know we don't have anybody out here completely and well golden age just opened um Go- golden age out here in pittsburgh just opened and they're focusing um primarily on loggers uh not to say that they won't That's do really other cool. styles but um, they're definitely pushing loggers out, out super hard and they're very good. Um, uh, I think that, you know, a lot of us out here are doing loggers, you know, we have four or five on tap right now of, of varying styles and, um, plan to like, we kind of, at this point always have Pilsner on, um, and then mixing it up with, with some other styles outside of that. Um, plus Kolsch and all beer, which aren't technically loggers, but they are German style beers. Yeah. Um, so I think that, um, but we don't can any of those. Like those are all off of our other system um, for various reasons. But 
um, you know, we, we do those as draft only beers, except for a dunkle we just did here on this system and, and package it. So we, it's like, it's hard to even get them out there, you know, cause, um, even folks around here space. might, might really want to have that to take home, but we don't even fill growlers. So, um, you, you have to come to the tap room to, to oh. drink pints of it. So there is a um, there's, there's definitely, yeah. To like yeah, have that sure. house lager, like I, I love when I go to a brewery and they have like a house like lager or something that it's like, hey, it brings you to the tap house. You know, it, it you're getting out of that COVID age where you have to have everything delivered to you or just have takeout where you can get back into the tap house and enjoy like an exclusive beer that's only in the. Oh, yeah. 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 And I think that that kind of goes back to my comment on, on the cream ale earlier about like, you know, somebody loving the Pilsner, but not being able to take it home. Um, we, we would love to be able to, to package all of our beers and have them available for everybody. But, um, you know, we're, we're pretty true to form with our loggers. So the, they take a really long time. And, um, you know, so it, you know, we have to, we have two of our tanks are always held up with Pilsner because like we, that's how fast we go through it on draft. So if we packaged it, like it'd be gone in weeks and then we, there's not enough time. So, um, you know, something like a cream ale, we can turn that in three weeks. No problem. We can get, um, 20 or 40 barrels out of it. No problem. Uh, and have it around for folks that want that, but it's just not as, uh, and I think eventually it will become, uh, a much more understood and known style, but like people see or hear Pilsner and they, whether they actually know, cause there's so many different kinds of Pilsners, you know what I mean? Like, Pilsner is a little bit of a catch-all, but, but there's so many different kinds. Mm-hmm. So even if they aren't sure exactly what that one is, they're still familiar with the term. Yeah. Um, so they're far more comfortable ordering it. Uh, I think we have a we have a little bit of a, a hater in the chat right now. Uh, uh, I, I, Justin I th- Hoke. I think he's just. I think he's he's throwing jokes. <laughs> <laughs> is that Justin from Tattered Flag? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What's up? What's up, bud? <laughs> and he hasn't joined the chat in a while, man. No, it's his uh, it's his apnea has been acting up. <laughs> um, let's get let's move on to uh to Lustra here. All right, uh, yeah, let's get, get their uh, their staple IPA, <clears throat> their staple pale ale, I should say, not IPA. Yep, here. While you guys set this, up yeah, it's here. a pale. I'm I'm very firm. Uh, I'm firm <laughs> on calling it a pale. We've actually uh, as we as we kind of uh, so I'm sitting in our, our newer facility here that we opened up last year. And uh, as we knew we were increasing production and, and looking to increase distribution, there was a, a moment of sitting down and determining whether or not we should keep Lustra Pale Ale or call it an IPA. And at the end of the day, I stuck with my guns and have no interest in calling it an IPA. So um, I think it drinks well like one. I think it's uh, I think it can stand up there with some of them, um, but I think that there's just something about it that makes it uh, a really easy drinking, crushable pale. I like it. So um, Lustra is as we mentioned, it's a pale ale. It's coming in at 5.8 uh, ABV. It's an ode to the unity of malted barley, hops, yeast, water, and the brewer who prudently blends them. Uh, intense tropical and citrus fruit aromas and a clean fruity bitterness work in harmony with the lightly toasted wheat bread flavors derived from the malt. Hopped with citra and amarillo. Amarillo? Amarillo is fine. <laughs> you don't like my, my Spanish flair on that? Amar- <laughs> amarillo? Oh, there you go. I was going to say, you didn't really roll much on that. So <laughs> I was like, eh. Ah, like... 
You sound like you're trying to order guacamole at Chili's. <laughs> Can I have a guac- guacamole? <laughs> All right, let's get this uh, this poured out. Uh, you want to grab some yeah. glasses there, Dean? Um, <clears throat> we'll get this cracked here. Uh, we'll do a little crack here in three, e, two, two, one, go. And while you're playing, I already did mine. So I oh, I heard it too. Dang <laughs> <laughs> on the nose. Oh, that is beautiful. Um, and I want to say I do. Uh, I give you props for uh, sticking to your guns on the pale mm-hmm. ale. Um, there is a lot of you know these hazy IPAs out there that you know could be technically classified as a pale ale based on you know flavor profile and stuff like that. So it's. And I have some experience with that as well in some of the breweries around our area where I, I love to see that they still call it a pale ale or it's like a hoppy ale. It's not quite an IPA. It's kind of almost bringing their like you know, kind of trying to make some sort of sense out of, I guess, the haze of different categories that kind of fall under the New sure. England IPA. Yeah, I mean, it's still it's super hazy, though. It's yeah. like, oh, uh, yeah. Uh, it's it's got it's got the haze um and yeah i i don't know i think that i think that a lot of it was um you know when i was uh building out the brewery and building out the brand and and who i wanted to be and um what i thought dancing gnome was about like this this was this was the beer so um and it was always it was always a payload i mean it did change in abv throughout time but um since we opened it's always been five eight awesome i love it slancha cheers andrew cheers Yeah, the color on this gets you all the likes. Mm. Um, super clean finish on yeah, it. Yeah, really. It definitely like sticks to the pale ale kind of tasting notes and everything. Like, so nice. I I'll I'll say if I go into a brewery and there's a pale ale or like a session pale ale, that's like the first thing I'm gonna order. It, it, it's so I feel like it's rare that you get like a, a pale ale or an American pale ale anymore, or that that it's classified like that. Like you said. Um, there's something really nice about a low ABV, um, I guess haze, hazy. Yeah, I mean it's like that, but I mean it's so nice and refreshing. Um, it's clean, um, nice bitterness with some citrus vibes there. Um, really nice. Yeah, I think <clears throat> drinks like a beer. You know, it drinks you know nice carb bite, and uh, overall, you know, really well balanced. Yeah, and that's that's kind of like what I set out to do with this beer way back in the day. That um, we've kind of just expanded on, um, partially throughout the our entire brand, but um, definitely with this beer specifically is like um, I, I wanted it to be. I mean, if way back in way back, it's funny, it's like not that long ago. <laughs> um, but in in you know, I started. Um, I went to brewing school in 2014. Started working on my my business plan in 2014. We opened up in 2016. So in those two years, while I was working on the brewery, um, I was you know piloting and figuring out what Dancing Gnome was and who I wanted to be and what I wanted it to be. And uh, you know, people were doing haze, like obviously Trillium Treehouse, uh, Bissell Brothers, um, Alchemist, Lawson's. Those guys were already open, but um, unless you were like an ultra beer nerd people didn't know who they were um you couldn't get it you had to go to the brewery to get it so you had to be really into beer um so there wasn't really haze in pittsburgh and i wanted to be able to bring 
like an everyday hazy beer to Pittsburgh. And that was the point of Lustro was to be like an everyday drinking beer, um, but be more on that, um, you know, hazy soft, soft style before it was even called New England style. So now you can say New England style or hazy style or whatever you want to say. But um, that was the, that was the whole point of Lustro. So we just kind of kept going with it and then uh, it's worked. And I, I guess it's uh, it's selling well in the middle of the state because uh, Chris White here hit up his local distributor to get Luster, and they said it was gone in less than 48 hours. So it's moving. Well, that's good. Uh, yeah, long term, we, we definitely do uh, – I want to say have plans, but I don't know how aggressive those plans are. Uh, we, we would love to do more regular distribution to uh, the center and the eastern part of the state, um, even if it's not – you know, a hundred percent guaranteed to be on the shelf of your local distributor all the time. Um, you could count on somewhat regular drops of Lustra plus one or two other brands every so often. So we're working towards that. We have some, uh, you know, expansion plans and opportunities here in the facility that I'm sitting in, um, which will kind of allow us to get there. Um, but you know, one step at a time, organic growth, um, seeing what we need when we need it. What I, what I like about this beer and this style is, there's so often that I'll have like a, a, a hazy IPA um, and I really enjoy it, but I feel like I can't have another, you know, whether it's too high ABV or it's just, it just weighs you down. It's just so heavy on you. Yeah. I would say like, yeah, it weighs on the palate a little bit sometimes. Yeah. yeah you get like some of that hot burn and maybe you kind of want to like do a, something else. Get a little bit of bloat from it. You know, it, it's, I like this cause I feel like I can, go have another one and super crushable. Yeah. And not feel bad about it, you know? And the finish on it's nice because, you know, as a pale ale, you don't have a lot of the lingering hop on your palate. Like you get a really nice clean, like almost yeah, multi finish with, um, let's say wheat you guys use in there to kind of soften up the wheat and you guys use yep, it. There's a lot of wheat, a lot of wheat in there. Yeah. To kind of soften it up. So you get a lot of that malt on the, like on your palate to finish, which yeah. I, I like about pale ales. Yeah, um, this one is uh, this is really good. It's it's one that I would definitely go back to. I always think about like I like to watch. You know, we I watch uh, like UFC pay per views. Um, they're you know they're going from seven o'clock until one o'clock in the morning, and I'm drinking the whole time during that. And I'd like to you know I, I'll have an IPA and be like, oh yeah, this is this is really nice, and and then. I'm like, oh, I feel like I can't. I gotta switch to a lager or something, something a little lighter if I'm gonna keep doing this. Same thing on like, if I'm if I'm out on the golf course, I want to be drinking something like this, a little bit of flavor and you know something a little lighter that I can put back like two or three of them. I'm well, do you guys have? Uh, we don't we don't do them all the time. They are relatively more seasonal for us, but um, we've been <laughs> I've been trying so hard to pioneer. Uh, May pioneer is a bad word because I'm certainly not the first person to use it. We took it from uh, our pals down south at Dissolver. But um, petite IPAs is what we call them. Um, so like mm -hmm. sub 4% IPAs. Oh, so like session, uh, session IPAs. Like, yeah, yeah. I would say, like yeah, the they're like the ultimate I like, session. Definitely session for sure, but I yeah. like the name petite better. I, yeah, <laughs> petite's nice. Yeah, I, um, yeah. La petite pale ale. Yeah, the brewery exactly. I, I work for has a 4% like session IPA that's, you know, it's like right at around 4%. And it's one of our, I would say it's the lightest one that I've had in my experience. 
Yeah, yeah. And I, I'd say, like, from a style definition perspective, I think it'd be easy to be like, oh, wait, you're going to have a pale ale of 5.8%. But, uh, like, we've done all the way down to 2.6% petite IPAs. Um, wow. But I think that there's, like, there's definitely, like, a – there's definitely a drinkability. There's a market not, Drinkability is a bad word. But there's, there's yeah, like, the, the entire uh, aspect of development of it, of what you're going for from a hot profile and uh, a dryness and a bitterness and, like, what you're getting out of it. I mean, um, us – dancing gnome as well like we've always had a higher bitterness level on our hazy beers than um i think what a lot of people think should be on hazy beers um just uh, in my mind making it like a more rounded beer um allowing you to want to have another one because there is something um you know on the back palate rather than just sweetness and heft yeah 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 i agree um yeah, I mean, like those session IPAs, and I think we're out of the, I think we've gotten out of that. It was like the, right before the beginning of the pandemic and through like, maybe like the first year of the pandemic when the haze craze really like kicked into full gear and it was like super douchey and like everybody was super pretentious about the their hazies and if it was, if it was sub eight, like, is it even really a hazy and like people were getting like rated on like this beer was really good, but it was, it came in at a 6.5. Just like, not hazy enough for yeah. me. I, I couldn't taste the not, haze. Not enough, <laughs> not enough uh, ABV to even call this a double IPA. Like it's, it was. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff out there and, and that's a bummer. And uh, you know, I think with that is like, I've always said this about beer and I think it's one of the most beautiful things about beer is like, it is so incredibly subjective and like though though you could argue that anything is like the whole point of a sommelier is to tell you why this product is better and where this product came from and how they were able to identify that product that that sort of exists in beer but not really because of how much more spread out it is and how many variations of a single style you can have that aren't terroir based so like it's it's so open to interpretation and 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 so very subjective that like it is so i will never tell anybody that they're wrong they can always have their opinions however (laughs) (laughs) i will say that if you tell me that 14 months in a a a barrel isn't enough to call it barrel aged uh (laughs) you sir are wrong but uh yeah i mean you're you're always gonna have you're always gonna have folks like that 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 take it to another degree and the, the way that you know, it's, it's good to look at it. It's like, they want to cause controversy. They're not, they might not even uh, think of, think that's true. Uh, they just, they just want to cause an uproar. And I think that there's plenty yeah, of You're right. Like if it, and... if it's an, if it's a fruit of Berliner, you're wrong. <laughs> wrong. Yeah. You're just, it's wrong. Yeah. It's just a wrong, it's wrong. Yeah. I mean, Hey, we stopped doing them. So I, I can't disagree. I will. Yeah. I mean, I've noticed with, uh, with, I think what, what I think I, five out of the, uh, out of the six beers that we got were there was nary an adjunct in sight. You love, you love. Yeah. That's any black clouds. Yeah. 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 But that, that's an acceptable adjunct. Yeah. And I mean, unlike, unlike my co-host here, I do drink myself (laughs) into the couch with hazy IPAs every now and then I, I do enjoy my hazies and I I get down on pretty regularly. So I think, I think now that the, the insane demand for them has died down. It's given brewers some breathing room to be a little bit more creative and 
um, do a little bit more variation on yeah. the hazy IPAs yeah. where you're getting you're getting not just like the heaviest most ABV that you could possibly get you know it's Citro Mosaic and six other hops you know and now you're getting like a, a citrus and Amarillo uh, beer <laughs> you know it's it's just I, I I and I could be wrong on this I mean I could just it could just be a complete coincidence but it feels like since the the IPA like the haze craze kind of died down a little bit that we're getting more more towards like the truer IPA style where even with a haze you're getting you're more a little bit more leaning a little bit more bitter it's not like it's not like juicy juice, you know, all the time. They they pulled the BJCP out of the desk and blew the dust off it. They're just like, <laughs> <laughs> well, American from, IPA. From... <laughs> and, and and Justin, you're right. Sometimes it is correct to brew a an IPA with just Centennial. Just Centennial hops. It's yeah. perfectly yeah. acceptable to do it. Entire... Absolutely. Yeah. So from from like a for, well, I guess you do work at brewery, but like from from a consumer standpoint. Which is like, once you're in the industry, it's really hard to like look at things as a, as like just a, a straight up consumer. But um, I do think that uh, Tom, to your point, like dialing it back has allowed I think people to focus on a few brands rather than um, and and again maybe I'm full of shit. Maybe this is completely wrong, and maybe this is just like how I'm looking at things. But um, rather than just constantly making a new IPA that is some new hot blend like taking a step back and saying like hey these three beers were really great like let's dive into those brands and make sure that they're really great yeah um so and i i think that like i think i see more breweries doing that which i appreciate as as there kind of needs to be more variety on someone's tap list than just having 10 hazy beers on yeah. Um, because that's not to say that that's not to say that like you can't have 10 hazy beers that all taste completely different, but they're only going to taste completely different to a very select group of people that pretty much live their life in beer. And so, um, you know, <laughs> no, I, I were, agree. And were, were we just talking about beer and talking about it subjectively? We were. No, and like, what, exactly. Like, to your point, Andrew, you said maybe I'm just full of shit. And I was about to say, like, no, it's beer subjective. Like, you can have your own kind of take on it because of what you see exactly from the industry standpoint. And you may, you kind of almost highlighted on a point of like focusing on the brand. And one thing I've seen with kind of getting out of that mindset of, you know, brewing the IPAs to keep the lights on to like focusing on the brand is like the return of like flagships and like yeah. the, the rotational yeah. standbys that just are always coming back out and always are like, you know, people are like, Oh yeah, I remember that it was so good. I'm so glad they're bringing that back. You know, they're not trying to, you know, the industry can now, instead of having to try and compete and be different every week and have something that they can deliver that's different every week, they're able to focus on their standbys again. For sure. And I think a lot of that is like part of the industry getting smaller in the same sense as getting bigger in the way that, um, have you guys ever been to Pittsburgh? You guys ever actually been here? He, uh, uh yeah. went to, I, I, yeah. I've, I've traveled into Pittsburgh. I lived out there for, okay. for, he lived but, out there for almost five years. 
not not super recently though no um no. it doesn't matter it's irrelevant but like there's a brewery out here that i i think about all the time um we we did a collab with them for our anniversary our anniversary is the exact same weekend and this year we did a, a collaboration same weekend same year same everything and uh uh allegheny city they're awesome awesome folks really really great spot really good beers and uh they're smaller than we are but they have absolutely like destroyed the hyper local market like they are in a spot where like everybody who lives on this like six block radius goes to that place and like that's not to say that we don't either we, we absolutely do it's not to say that people don't travel there because they absolutely do it's just like they have absolutely murdered the like absolute regulars every day of the week vibe and like it's it's incredible and like i think that that's how you do that is is by is by being this brand that um is very specific in what they are and like you can't and again to their credit like you can't be too huge you have to like remain at a certain size but um yeah they've 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 i like all the time like i wish that like we could learn how to capture that but like we're beyond it so um and and it's it's awesome but i think that um kind of what you were saying like you're without having your flagships uh you can't you can't create that yeah you can't create a brand without like being known like oh known for this certain beer like oh i heard about this beer that you guys always have and people travel out for that beer it was so hard to have that mentality over like 2020 because people were just trying to put out everything new everything different just getting so much takeout out the door to just sure. you know, yeah keep people employed keep yeah. the lights on yeah those yeah you, you, everywhere. yeah you had to pump those hazies out and it was like the perfect beer during that time because it was just it was like a hazy just, you fire could just, hose yeah, and i was on the receiving over. end man i was just on the receiving <laughs> end just being like yeah i'm right here yep. <laughs> just opening up my back hatch of my truck i'm like put them in man <laughs> Um, so yeah, Andy, Andy man here. Uh, yeah, we have a lot of comments. Coming yeah, out. we got, uh, luster was in the Pittsburgh invades Philly beer festival packs, which what, that was very popular. Yeah. And uh, I guess it's going to be reciprocating and, uh, we'll be coming out there. Uh, Philly's invading Pittsburgh yeah. next month, two months. two months. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And then, uh, we got double Chris white here. Another bearded Iris collab in the works. Yeah, um, nothing, nothing on the calendar, but uh, I absolutely love those guys. Um, they're they're some of my um, favorite people in the industry. Um, I like to think that I have a really good relationship with them. <laughs> I think of them as like true friends, um, and um, you know, really appreciate their insight and their thoughts on things. So I, I'd say it'd be crazy if there was never a, a dancing gnome beer that Iris beer again in the future. But um, yeah, we'll see. And then, uh, yeah, Chris White again, you know, talking about subjectively, talking about the uh, the haze craze kind of thing, you know, production constraints played a role in it too. And that's kind of what we just went over. Yeah. It's yeah. A, yeah, for sure. Yeah. You had to pump yeah, them out. I, yeah. I think that um, in very, in a lot of different forms, you know, I mean, I think that uh, cans were kind of the biggest constraint. Yeah. That, um, that was that, a big one. That, yeah. And, um, it was kind of week, week to week or month to month being like, how, like, you know, where's this next order going to come from? And, and how um, many breweries during that time were not currently canning that had to get a canning setup or, or yeah, just had to figure yeah, it pro- out. I mean, yeah, I, 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 man, I can't speak to numbers because <laughs> surprisingly in Pittsburgh, 
um, we went from, I think in 2019, we had like 34 breweries in 2019. And in 2022, we're pushing 50. Which it, which is wild. Yeah. yeah. So, so people like breweries opened up in the so pandemic. I, I moved like, I moved out of I moved out of Pittsburgh in oh man. Two thousand nine? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. And like eight did, or nine. Yeah. It, it, there was Oh yeah. It would have been there was uh, nothing there. Church East End. I, and, <laughs> um, and they weren't even popular. It was No, you had to know about East End. Yeah. I mean East End. You I get, think the first time I stood in line with for gratitude was 2010. You had to go get you, you had to go get some rock and uh, yeah, and that was back in their old, that was back in their old spot. Yeah, um, Susquehanna. So and you, you could um, have some Penn Brewery was was uh, yeah Penn was, was there. there. Penn's been there for a while. Um, Church was definitely there. Um, I don't think and I, I think Hofbrauhaus rock, House wasn't rock even bottom, there. Bottom Hopperhouse oh, opened yeah. in like 2004 or five, I think. Oh, so it was yeah, there. that wasn't like a big thing. Um, oh, is it Rock Bottom, the Mall Brewery? Yeah, we, oh, we always, I we, think Rock Bottom was there. Yeah, because we we uh, had one. Might have been out in the Robin. Might have been out the Robinson Mall. <laughs> we call it the uh, Robinson we, Town Center. We call it the Mall Brewery around yeah. here because it was that King of Prussia. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Like, oh yeah, the Mall we, Brewery. You know what though? Like we've we've had a lot of we've had a lot of really great brewers come from starting yeah, same, at, yeah, at rock bottom yeah. we, we, we so, talked to someone that sterling came. pig came from rock bottom yes yes yeah and, uh, i mean uh lauren at necromancer came from rock bottom who was taught by meg um seastead who's worked a ton of incredible roles in in the, yeah. the industry mike, all over western pa and is working on opening her own spot so mike um, from new trail came from rock bottom uh yeah that's he, how he he met up with uh with brian there at uh from sterling pig yeah so yeah, there's uh, they produce some uh, some good brewers. You know what? It's that it's that it's that mall brewery mentality. We're uh so we're I mean we <laughs> this it's it's been like a really good conversation here. We're already at almost an hour. You know what? And we're doing half pours now. We're we're just like we clean through beers so much faster. Oh man, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, tattered flags distillers from Rock Bottom. All right, man, Rock um, Bottom just. Do you want to get Kevin Bacon of breweries here? (laughs) Ten degrees of rock bottom. Yeah. Um, Do you want to do? Do you want to do one more, and we'll uh, we'll get some questions out for uh, for Andrew, and then we'll we'll wrap it up. Yeah, sounds good, man. Uh, Do you want to do Westy? Yeah, let's do West Coast. All right. Yeah, sick. I was going to recommend that too. Yeah. So uh, our friends in the chat here know um, we did a uh, we did a recently did a West Coast collaboration with Tattered Flag. And uh, so, let's, we're going to be hypercritical. Oh yeah, we're huge West Coast <laughs> IPA fans. Yikes! No, <laughs> As someone who came from a, the haziest of haze backgrounds. <laughs> All right, so uh, we're going to be doing Asteroid uh, by Dancing Gnome. It's a uh, West Coast IPA, seven point two ABV, hopped intensely with Denali, Citra, and Chinook, floral, fresh squeezed citrus. Pineapple and nicely balanced dank finish. Solid mouthfeel that isn't too juicy or too dry. Ooh. Balance. Everything is balanced. Uh, I love a good balance on this. And yeah. you know how hard it was to find Asteroid by Dancing Gnome? Because <laughs> there's like a thousand people who have Asteroid as a uh, beer name. And it keeps trying to correct it on Untapped for me. They're like, are you sure you don't mean Asteroid? <laughs> oh, yeah, you're, talk- nope. you're talking Untapped? <laughs> <laughs> all right get a little crack here all right three two one do it all right 
Mm. Yeah, I, uh, I think that if uh, the can, you know, so asteroid to explain to anybody without the E, asteroid is a forecast type of cycloid, which is a mathematical term. Um, and basically for anybody who wants to know what that is uh, easily, it's a diamond or the um, U.S. Steel logo, which is on the side of the Steelers helmet. Um, oh, okay. which is why we which is why we call it an asteroid so the three the three diamonds on a on a steeler helmet or the steeler logo are asteroids without the e oh, wait, um, you, so, you're talking steelers yeah talking steelers. Uh, <laughs> hey also to be completely honest God like i'm i'm not i'm not a football fan so, birds. um yeah i i do not care you can trash talk them all you want it doesn't matter to me um sorry for anybody in pittsburgh listening to this who wants to get mad i'll i'll tell you just it's not doesn't matter to me um just take it out on us guys andrew didn't do anything uh, yeah love the city grew up here like i'll I'll root for him over someone else but it's it's you know it's not a big deal to me but um yeah so when we were designing this can um i i just thought it would be funny to add like an actual asteroid onto it to like confuse the (laughs) heck out of people um who were like uh, like we were waiting for people to be like you spilled it wrong um but we only got that. And then you actually have the true asteroid around the bottom too. So yep. yeah. <laughs> I like it. Let's go a little cheers here, Daniel. Cheers. Cheers. Lancha. Cheers. Ah, yes. Mm. Just nice and bitter. That is a beautiful West Coast IPA. It's everything I love about IPAs. <laughs> like, West Coast IPAs for me, just being like when I got into craft beer, it was IPAs. That's what got me into craft beer. You know, 60 minute, 120 minute, 90 minute, all of those guys um, from, you know, Dogfish Head and then, you know, just all of the super hyper bitter IPAs always, you know, that's what got me into them. And every time I get a West Coast IPA, it just kind of brings me back to that. It's such a great nostalgia beer for me. And this is such an approachable west coast ipa because it's not it's not super bitter like it's not like you know crazy ibu um big bitter punch piney resin um you get a nice bitter bite at the front and then it kind of mellows out the back like like it mentioned in the description the mouth feels really nice on this i was expecting like a big like a carb bite on it but yeah usually like a dryness mm-hmm. that's a kind of inherent to like the american ipa like tasting notes and stuff no this is actually surprisingly soft mm-hmm. compared to and like just a little dry but like soft and i like the the bitterness that's um that's staying on the palate um because it's not like an overpowering like i i feel like i, I don't feel like i can't go drink like a lager or, you know something else um after this it's but it, it's it's staying there and it's it's just nice. Yeah. Just sitting there real nice. <laughs> like, just nice. Just nice. Um, I mean, we could probably ask Justin to come on. He is a bit of a uh, West Coast <laughs> IPA connoisseur. Oh, I know. It's so funny that we found out he hates them after he yeah. brewed a, a West Coast IPA with us. And he was like, oh, no, by the way, I hate this time. <laughs> that's why you're saying that? Oh, man, yeah. that's so funny. Yeah, we're like, oh, yeah. so, you know, like, yeah. what kind of West Coast IPAs do you like? And he's like, none. <laughs> hate it. <laughs> I remember, yeah, didn't we find that? Was it the 100th episode or before that where we just, like, we got quiet because we had no idea? We we're like, uh, it was, really? <laughs> it was when we got, when we started the brew. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
we were on the brew deck because <laughs> we were like, so what do you look for in a West Coast? He's go- he goes, I don't like West Coast. I don't look for West Coast. <laughs> yeah, Dan, I'm like you. I uh, yeah, my my uh, I jumped into craft beer very very early, and um, I was chasing hops, um, and uh, yeah, I, it brings me back. I mean. Asteroid originally was not a West Coast IPA, and I, I wanted to to make a, a, a kind of a core-ish West Coast IPA, uh, and thought that the hot profile for it actually worked better as a West Coast than it did as a hazy. So um, took took the same hot profile, completely revamped the recipe, and, um, and this, yeah, I was gonna say made the it a West Coast. I mean, I think this this beer is like outside of lustra which like i worked forever on but like i was like free and like kind of constantly changing to where it's at now to a point that is very consistent um asteroid might be the beer that has had the most iterations over the past five years of like trying so hard to like um just just try to try to really make a, a west coast ipa that that you know we want to drink that we want to pull a pine of um because yeah I, I i love west coast styles and um, you know, it's kind of one of those ones where we don't want to have more than one, maybe two, as long as they're in different ABV ranges on the board at the same time. Um, cause I think if somebody comes in, they're like, I just want a West Coast IPA, as long as it's solid, they're going to be happy with anything. Um, but, uh, but I, yeah, I don't, I don't, we, we were so inundated with haze that it was like, it was actually pretty, pretty tough to, um, work towards, you know, nailing, uh, uh, Oh, West Coast. I, it's, it's, it was, yeah, it took a long time. That's a great name drop right there. Yeah, Racer 5 was like a staple. Racer 5, uh, Torpedo. Yeah. Was... Tor- Torpedo is still incredible. Tor- Torpedo like, I mean, over... that is such an underrated beer. <laughs> it is a highly underrated beer. Yeah. Torpedo, and yeah. when people always talk about, like, uh, Celebration when it comes out, I go, God, remember Torpedo? Torpedo was just... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I think I, I would rank celebration as num- as the number one sierra nevada but oh, yeah torpedo is a, a close yeah torpedo is like one of my and yeah i would say i mean we we talk we'll talk about the question later but it's one of my desert island yeah. beers um yeah i was dan was always uh the the bitter guy i always i would always make fun of him for his cat piss beers <laughs> um piney resinous yeah. i mean but there was there was a couple like racer five was one for me and uh double simcoe by wirebacher was a big one for me i was just yeah there was a as it was double the simcoe (laughs) i don't i i couldn't even tell you what year this was so somewhere between 2010 and 2014 uh flying dog used to do a single hop double series um and they came out i think it it was either the first one or like one shortly after um but they had a single hop double citra Ooh, and wow. I remember just being like, what is this? <laughs> like, this is unbelievable. Um, and now single hop is so like, uh, everybody's doing it. It's like a, everyone's getting like a series going with that. Yeah. yeah. And I think, I think it's a, uh, we've, we've had a single hop series forever called jam. Um, so I, I get it. And I think that like, I don't, I firmly believe again, very subjective, but um, <laughs> I personally believe that the best product you can make is not with a single hop uh outside of sierra nevada they can run that shit forever (laughs) um 
outside of Sierra Nevada. Um, but I think if you're talking IPAs, like you're, you're always going to have a, a, a kind of a more well-rounded um, profile across the board if you, if you blend hops. Um, and I don't put a limit on that. It can be two, it can be 20. I don't give a shit, whatever. But like, um, but I think it's cool for consumers that really care about beer, um, whether they're just getting into it or they've really cared for a long time and maybe they're just not home brewers. Um, I think it's cool to be able to understand um, the profile of a specific hop. The only downside to it is that um, it is an agricultural product, which means that mm. that product, unless you have the ability and you're huge and you have the ability to control um, environments, select, and, yeah, yeah right. select every year and know exactly what you're looking for yeah, and exactly what oil percentage we, you're looking for. Um, it, that, that beer is going to change time to time just right. by default. And you're, and you're, um, and you're relying upon the crop too. Like we, we talked with trace last week about the galaxy hop, how much it's changed. It's such a years. fluctuating. Yeah. yeah such yeah. a Yeah. Unbelievably. I mean, and like, and I mean, it's also like, you know, especially with haze because you're talking, so there's so many factors. I mean, uh, you know, uh, yeast selection is huge in regards to flavor biotransformation. And um, so, you know, I've had I've had single hop galaxy beers from breweries here in Pittsburgh that are like absolute tropical bombs, and they're awesome. And I've had ones that are like you're uh, licking dirt, and, um, and that's no fault to them. I don't. Um, you know, I'm not. I'm not saying that they might have done anything wrong because, you know, said breweries, ourselves included, like make really great beers. Um, but I think that that crop makes a huge, huge, huge difference. Um, and most small breweries um, don't have the ability to select all of their crop lots. Uh, so I love when we get into hop talk yeah. <laughs> because I just want. I'm just gonna like clip this part of the uh, dialogue and just put it under my pillow at night and just like think about hops because that's all I ever want to talk about in these. This is Dan's conversations. A, this is Dan's is ASMR. Sitting, I know. I'm just like sitting here Indian style, <laughs> like Indian style, like a uh, like an elementary school student just being like, "Tell us more about hops." <laughs> yeah. Damn, Daniel. Sorry, pretzel style. <laughs> uh -huh. I'm native. I can say it. <laughs> yeah. Crisscross applesauce, bro. Um, <laughs> um, no, I, yeah, that's be, be on the lookout for Dan's spinoff podcast, Hop Talk. Hop Talk. <laughs> um, like so it. our buddy Matt here uh, popped in. Uh, he's planning a trip out in June. Do you release any seasonals around then that he should be looking out for? Hmm. So, um, to be honest, this is kind of the first year that we're getting into the idea of actual seasonals. Um, we've had, we've had a handful that were once a year, they would come out pretty specifically like uh, yam jam is one that I think of jam is the single hot beer that we do. Um, but, uh, the week of Thanksgiving every year we do yam jam, which honestly was just for fun. We have a guy in Sharpsburg. He's a local, uh, comes out of the brewery. He's an awesome guy. He makes um, sweet potato pies. So he's like a, you know, he just roasts a lot of sweet potatoes. And uh, so we thought doing a yam jam would be pretty cool. So he like roasts us a bunch of yams and we throw them in the mash and we use every single hop from the hop series. So Ooh. Mosaic, Citra, Nelson, Galaxy, wow. Simcoe. A, um, a veritable cornucopia, so, yeah, if you will. Exactly. So it's not, it's, that one's not a single hop. It just has yams in it. Um, I, I but it's just were... for fun and we've always done it. We've always released it on Thanksgiving week. And, um, 
now it's kind of time to like start thinking about seasonals in that in that regard um you know because we're we're basically like quadruple the size that we were so uh you know now it's like all right well maybe we come out with that a little bit earlier and actually start thinking about seasonals uh, like last year, we did a dry Irish stout that released on like the 19th of March. <laughs> like, why would we do that? What a horrible idea. Um, Re- really missed uh, the mark there. Yeah, exactly. And, Didn't uh, land like, a dismount, know, ours, folks. Ours comes out tomorrow. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, but that being said, um, it depends on when you're coming out in, in, in June. Um, Memorial Day weekend every year is Lustra Day. So we do a big celebration of Lustra. We do half lustra, lustra, double lustra, triple lustra, lager lustra. Uh, And then not this year, I'll tell you that straight up, but uh, some years we do barrel lustra, which is a mixed fermentation uh, barrel version of lustra. So, You know, know, with your yam um, jam, you could could have them just do the pies and you could put those in the mash and take a picture for Instagram. You'll have like 200,000 followers. Yeah, I... I mean, I sell, but that's I sell, why I, that's I why I have them do <laughs> yeah. just a potato because it's like I like I don't want people to think it's like it is a straight up IPA, dude. It is like it is like for sure pretty big. Yeah, with what um, nine hops added to it, it must be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. With a yeah. with with a with, uh, I don't with want sweet, people to think it's like a nice cinnamony sweet yeah. beer with sweet potato pie and <laughs> a, a sweet potato pie in there would would knock their neck beards off. Yeah, it's so excited. I mean, it's funny too because like you can if you go way back, it's, it it hasn't happened in a long time. But if you go like way back and read through Yam Jam on Taft reviews, you'll see like back to back someone being like, "Man, really taste the yams," and then someone being like, "No yam character." <laughs> it's like this is the greatest. It's no, like, so no yam character. Yeah. You just got yam like, jam. There definitely isn't. That guy is right. There is no yam character. But uh, name of the but episode, the point, you know, yeah, there yeah, are yams in it. We actually do put yams in it. Three hundred pounds, to be honest. Wow. So, um, um, but it doesn't do anything. I mean, it's there. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's yam. It doesn't. Not much of a flavor to yam until you add all the all the adjuncts. To the yams. Yeah, to Chris's I point, have, I have to throw this in yeah. to see what people are saying about this. <laughs> Just gonna go. Ah. <laughs> uh, Yes. Yes, Jesse, it would. Um, so two things. Uh, one, that was awesome for me personally to do Robin Hood. Um, it was great. They were awesome to work with. Um, they were really cool. Um, they are opening a new facility right here in Pittsburgh that is absolutely incredible. Uh, we're talking about Pittsburgh uh, Brewing Company, who makes Iron City. Okay. okay. Um, who I'm talking about right now. Ooh, um, they created Robin Hood. Robin Hood is a cream ale that was created in the 1970s. Um, we collabed with them uh, summer of 2019, I believe, um, and resurrected Robin Hood uh, on the Dancing Gnome system. Um, and they were awesome to work with. They were great. They brewed an absolute state-of-the-art facility here in Pittsburgh. They've been nothing but hospitable. They're a wonderful company. I, I, I know it's crazy for small beer to talk about big beer, but honestly, like, they're not that big. I mean, they're going to be, like, 200,000 barrels. I mean, they're not huge. They're just big. Um, but they were awesome. However, uh, it's just weird for such a small producer to be like, hey, can I have that brand again? <laughs> um, and, and also, I know that in talking to them, over the past handful of months in regards to them opening the new facility here, they plan to bring back Robin Hood as a regular beer. 
so it can no longer be uh, a Dancing Gnomes collab, which is sad. However, number two, which I know is a very long number one, but number two is Marbled Hearts uh, came out of Robin Hood. So if you like Robin Hood... You're gonna love uh, Marbled Hearts. <laughs> Marble Marbled Hearts was a revamped version of of Robin Hood uh, that we brought out as our own brand. So, and and Chris White, you're right. When you drank enough beer, you know uh, which hops you like and don't. That's true. <laughs> it's, I am a goddamn hop nerd over yeah. here. <laughs> oh no, I'm a, I my my family is just sick of me whenever we come over and when. I we like I break out the uh, the craft beers. I'm like, no no no, that one you know that one has got it's, it's got citron mosaic in it, and you know you can really taste this. They're pulling up oh, Google no, 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 Translate try, and they're trying to read yeah. you. They're like, try no no try this one. It also has citron mosaic in it, but you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean the the scariest part though is when someone hands you a beer and it's like, what hops are in those? And you like nail it, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you're like, damn, citron. Mm. <laughs> Do I taste a little bit of Amarillo in it? <laughs> um, yeah, citrus that easy one. Like as soon as I got, I'm like, yeah, you put citrus in this. <laughs> I mean, at this point, at this point, you should just guess that citrus in it, and yeah. you're you're ninety percent there. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> all, all bets are off on that. It's like yeah. 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 it's there. <laughs> um, all right, so let's uh, as we're winding down here, let's get into some stock questions. Which uh, the yeah, the conversation's been so good, we haven't even gotten into like any of our regular questions here. Yeah, I know. It, this has been uh, this has been a trip. I've yeah. been enjoying this. Um, so, <laughs> how did you how did you cut your teeth in craft beer? Oh man, um, so I loved beer. Um, like I like I was saying, I jumped right into craft. Um, this is not re- I, it's not relevant to my story, but I think it's arguably relevant to my story. Is that I did not have a sip of alcohol until I was twenty two years old. Like I did not drink. I did not drink in college. Um, not morally, not religiously, not anything. It just wasn't for me. It wasn't my thing. Um, I was a, a collegiate athlete, took it seriously. Um, and then when that was done and I was a senior, I, uh, was up in Slippery Rock and went to, um, North Country Brewing in Slippery Rock and had a beer there. And I was always into food, really into food, really into cooking. Um, and was like, holy cow, like beer can be culinary, like beer can have this like insanity of flavor um, that, you know, you're just used to seeing people slam natty lights and you're like, eh, I'm good with water. But like, um, so I, I, I jumped right at 22. I jumped directly into craft super hard um, and never looked back. <laughs> um, and I went to American Brewers Guild in 2014 um, and uh, was looking for, work in the industry and decided that um i was young enough and dumb enough that i'd work on just opening up my own spot at that point so um i I did have a decent corporate job so that was part of it but um yeah it just it made sense to kind of dive in took two years that's um i did i did do some um i worked with brew gentlemen i would say uh, that's actually a bad way to say it too uh i didn't work for brew gentlemen in the sense that like i wasn't an employee I didn't work with them in the sense that like I had no creative control or made zero decisions. Um, but they were kind enough to let me very, very, very early on come brew with them when I wanted to and needed to. Um, they were looking for extra hands. I was totally willing to work for free. Um, and I jumped in 
whenever they needed me. So. That's awesome. Yeah. Like yeah. the, yeah, the unpaid intern of yeah. uh, yeah. Gentleman there, which is, it's awesome that you, you made the connection that we actually have made a connection with a lot of other brewers is like the culinary aspects of beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, one in particular is one of our good friends of the podcast, um, experimental out in Jersey who all of his beers are, uh, influenced by food. So he does uh, beer styles based on international, like, you know, food styles, which is, I mean, it, they're incredible. Yeah. And it's great when we hear brewers talk about that, like they approach beer much like, you know, as a culinary art. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think there's multi, it's, it's a multi, it's multifaceted in the sense that you can do that in very different subsets where you look at like an adjunct pastry stout and clearly there's like culinary aspects in that because it's created after a dessert, but you can also look at it from a, a lot of other perspectives, whether it's learning how to pair a Pilsner with something super specifically or yeah, the, uh, Zeppi Pizzoli. Is that these, is that these, That's these. Uh, is that, is that, that Zeppi Pizzoli who I grew up next to in, uh, at, on Indian Fields Drive. I mean, he's from That'd Pittsburgh. Yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah, mean, I mean, he's from Pittsburgh. <laughs> that would be crazy. I have not seen that kid since I was in like, <laughs> oh my God. This is unbelievable. Zeppi, what is up, my dude? Holy cow. He was like, man, he lived down the street from me growing up. We were like, we were like kids and uh, friends in kindergarten. That's insane. He's a that he's, is so wild. He's, he's one of like dude in forever. Zeppi's like one of the OG friends of the podcast. Yeah, he's been really. One of, yeah, yeah, he's uh he's big in the uh, Instagram beer influencer uh, market, man. He uh, oh my god, that's awesome! What a great dude. Here's a uh, none of you are gonna care about this, but I absolutely have to tell it. Um, <laughs> I'm like a big old school like toy nerd. Like, mm-hmm. um, not crazy, but like, I like the things I liked as a kid. So like, I love Transformers. I love Power Rangers. Like, I still have OG toys that I have a shelf of that like I display. I do too. Um, it's okay. Not to like a creepy way, but just like, I really like them. And the brewery yeah. staff knows this. Like some of the stuff's at the brewery. Um, anyways. I have a Lego set behind me. Uh, Zeppi and his, uh, Zeppi had the uh, original green ranger dagger flute from, oh uh, yes from oh, of course. Would... and it was oh. so hard to get <laughs> like oh man i just remember going over to his house after soccer games and like just being like so jealous that he had this and, like playing with it we were like i'm like literally like six eight years old we were like so young um man that is wild blast from the past i'm sorry for getting so distracted yeah. just, like, zeppi would have the dagger flute. yeah zeppi yeah, Ze- like, is a dagger flute kind of guy yeah um, and I don't even know what you're talking about. No, I'm just like, I'm flabbergasted at this point. Oh, uh, hello. Brutal said that the, uh, the firehouse red will turn you. Yeah, it will. I mean, that was a great beer. Uh, honestly, my first beer there was, uh, it was like, this is, uh, it's weird, but, uh, cask ale, it was called oink oink ale. And it was a smoked bacon stout. That was the first beer I ever had in my life. Oh wow! Damn, that's that's quite a complex yeah. beer to have. That is, your first beer. it was. And to be honest, <laughs> to be honest, I was like, I don't think this is for me. <laughs> uh, and I got a firehouse red, um, but uh, you know, it, there's it, good origin stories, you know. Yeah, you need the dagger flute beer. Ah, hundred percent. 
<laughs> I, I'm like, I truly, I can't even, this is amazing. It's <laughs> funny. Yeah. When we have the podcast and I'm doing it remote, I have like Ghostbusters action figures behind me mm. while, while we're doing it. So I have like the original Ecto one. <laughs> yeah. Dude, yeah. That's sick. <laughs> yeah. Now Zeppi's texting us. Everybody knows me. Cool. Cool. Zeppi. <laughs> Oh, you're man. so popular bud <laughs> pat yourself on the back um it's okay zebby tom's just jealous that you said hi to me first in the chat he just misses my mustache um all right so uh <laughs> and and his wife or his future wife isn't here <laughs> that's leah his uh his fiance uh in the chat with us. All right. So, uh, we'd like to ask every, uh, every brewer, we have two, pretty much two stock questions for every brewer. Um, so mine is desert Island beer. Um, basically it's, if you had one beer to drink for the rest of your life, what would it be? It could be, it could be a specific <sighs> beer or it could be a, a style. Is it just one? <laughs> can, I, can I have three? Um, <laughs> uh, You have to pay extra for that. Desert Island beer. I. This is really tough. I'm gonna give you an answer, but I'm gonna give you my backup. Um, I think. I think I'd have to say, Half Acre Daisy Cutter. Ooh. Okay. Um, I just love that beer i think a lot of it is when i tried it and what it meant to me early on in my craft experience um i think it is a genuinely great beer uh that you can drink all the time um has a lot of flavor still has that kind of west coast pale vibe um my my backup though just straight up style i'd say german pills okay uh which obviously daisy cutter's not (laughs) um (laughs) yeah yeah like i i mean if I can have like three different German pills, I'd probably take German. But uh, yeah, I love I love Daisy Cutter. That beer is incredible. That's Daniel? awesome. Yeah, and my question uh, comes from uh, my background in uh, skateboarding. Uh, so when I was younger, I used to read Thrasher all the time, and they used to have an article always called "Your Skater's Favorite Skater." So they would interview a skateboarder, and they would say like, "Who did? Who influenced you growing up? Who was somebody that you looked up to?" So I like to transfer that into uh, craft beer and ask brewers like, you know, who's the brewer's favorite brewer. Now this can be somebody who influenced you early, or it could be somebody who currently right now where you're, you know, you're just hyped on, or it's somebody like current that you are just taking a lot of influence from. Yeah. I think, um, oh, man, I, I, I have a ton of influence cause I, I genuinely, I live my life in beer, which is, uh, take that how you will. But, um, but I, I, I mean, I truly, I'm inundated with it. I love it. I can talk about it forever. Um, but I, I, I will, I will pick one and I will say, um, I won't, I'll say as a whole, I'll say as an entity, how about that? Um, Bissell brothers okay. has, has to me been, um, most influential in uh just er early on for me like early on of like what i saw and what i wanted to do and how i wanted to be and um you know what they were doing and how they did things and 
uh, their care and their process and, and everything. So I, I would say that I've, I've held that for a very long time. They've, they've always been near and dear to my heart. I think their beers are incredible. Um, so yeah, Bissell uh, Brothers has to take it. Yep. The best Italian Pilsner I've probably ever had was Bissell Brothers. I would say that it's just, it was amazing. Like they do take great care, not only doing their hype beers, but also, like I said, I had a, I had a, just a Italian Pilsner. I also had their wet hop IPL. That was just yep. amazing. Um, so they, they do great things there. So, and we hear other people reference Bissell brothers all the time. I mean, you can't in the craft beer world, you can't really like on this side of the country say anything about craft beer without kind of mentioning Bissell brothers yeah. in there. For sure. Okay. So. <laughs> all right. Every uh, time he comes on here, he just to flirt with uh, me. Oh. all right. Um, so let's wrap this up. Um, I guess uh, yeah. First off, Andrew, yeah. just want to thank you for coming on. This has been uh, this has been yeah. A thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. Uh, do you guys have anything you want to plug? That you guys any events coming up like soon here that you want to get out there? Nothing super soon. I'd say like if you're not familiar with us, just check us out on social medias. Um, we do ship throughout PA, so if you're interested in our beers, um, hit up shop.nsnobeer.com and order some stuff. Um, like I mentioned earlier, hopefully we'll be distributing to your area sooner rather than later but um you know we're always here and if you want to come out and see the space i'm always happy to take you around zeppi says he wants to uh he wants to come out and uh he's going to he's bring gonna get, he's gonna bring his flute down. he yeah. says he's gonna bring the flute <laughs> he's, he's gonna give you a check off yeah. <laughs> yeah let me know hit me up weird uh it's weird zeppi that was a weird wording uh Oh yeah! Oh, he's gonna do a shame. He's gonna do a shameless oh, plug. Oh, crafty tap. Oh. I didn't. Well, I've never seen crafty tap. But, but, uh. <laughs> Look at that shameless plug right there, Zeppi. All right, yeah. Everyone, everyone, follow crafty tits. Uh, That's so great. <laughs> um, all right. Well, uh, Dan, do you want to do you want to try and do a little bonus time? Do you want to see if Andrew wants to do a bonus time, or you want to skip it? No, I think we're I think we're good right all now. Right. I mean, we've had a really good episode yeah, here. I agree. And, uh, I think yeah we've got some plugs to get into. We've got some fun coming up next yeah. week, so we we've got a little bit of talking to do right yeah. now. Yeah. Um, all right, everybody. Um, you know, like we mentioned at the top of the podcast, uh, give us a follow all major platforms. Give us a rating, Dan. What's that rating? Five star party. Five star party. Shoot us a review. Uh, just really fuck up that review section. Just yeah. really get yeah. scathing. Oh, just get your get your hands dirty in there. Yeah. Really mess it up. Um, yeah. And, uh, if you want to, if you want to support the podcast, go to, uh, anchor.fm slash best, best friends pod. Um, go to the listener support section. Um, you can choose a donation. We will be rewarding donors, uh, we'll monthly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Monthly, monthly reward. Yeah. Monthly, uh, drawing or contest yeah, is we'll in the do, work. So yeah, we got ideas, ship you some beer, take you on a brewery tour, hang out with brewers, whatever. We'll, you know, we'll figure it out. Um, uh, other than that, uh, yeah, follow us on all our social media as well, guys. Uh, we mentioned with anchor.fm uh, slash best best friends pod. All of our social media is at best best friends pod. That's best best friends P O D. Guys, uh, we also have email. Uh, so shoot us an email. It's best best friends pod at gmail.com. Best best friends P O D. I feel so alive for the very first time. So you're, yeah, I mean, you're, you're, 
you guys might be listening to us on or uh, watching us on Facebook Live, maybe on YouTube Live. You can also join us on Twitch. Yeah, uh, Twitch is blowing up. Yeah, twitch.tv slash bestbestfriendspodcast, twitch.tv slash bestbestfriendspod. Cast. <laughs> um, uh, it's great. Yeah, and, and you know, if you really want to go back and, and check out all the beers that we've drank, uh, what we drank on this episode um follow us on untapped uh it's same thing at best best friends pod at best best friends pod really deep cuts now deep cuts yeah, yeah we, ran, in, we, we ran out of all the billboards we're in we're in b-sides now b-sides and rarities now yeah uh guys so uh next week's episode is gonna be pretty pretty cool Oh yeah! So next week, guys, we are doing another live show. So uh, tune in on social media. We're going to be live from uh, Victory, and Victory. We'll be setting up an event, sending out some invites to all you beautiful people. So uh, make sure you guys are following us. Yeah. So we're gonna be we're gonna be live with uh, at Victory Philadelphia, their new Philadelphia location. Yeah. Um, that's where all that's where all the the testing beers come out. Yeah. That's where all the experimental stuff's going down. That's where so. where Richie's toying around with a little pilot system. Yeah, and, oh, and, he, <laughs> and, he's, and he's blowing up puree. I saw on his social media today. Yeah. <laughs> Look, there's a madhouse over there, but we're going to go hang out. <laughs> what, what does he think he is, imprint? Oh, <laughs> come on now. Come, come on now. now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so we're going to be we're gonna be live with Richie and uh, a special guest, uh if you want to know who that is, uh, check out social media. Yeah, check out social media. We'll drop the uh, invite soon. Uh, it's going to be a uh, dream come true. Is it, is it next Tuesday? Are we doing the next Tuesday? It's changed so much. Think, yeah, it is next Tuesday, I believe. Tuesday, uh, yeah, eight. Tuesday. O- we'll we'll be starting at eight o'clock normal time. Um, we'll get it, it. We'll get it out there for all you people with families who need to find babysitters yeah. because you need to come down to Philly. It's going to be a party. So, oh, man. <gasps> The one guy that comes out to everything is not going to be there. <laughs> God damn it, Matt. You're our one listener. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Come out to uh, come out to Victory Philly. Enjoy some uh, experimental Victory beers. and uh, He's got some crazy stuff going on down yeah, there. Yeah, watch so. me sweat. Watch me sweat a lot. Yeah. It's going to be a lot. Yeah, Tom, Tom's not a live show kind of guy. Mm-hmm. When the eyes are on him, he is nervous. But what kind of drip am I going to bring? I don't know. What kind of drip is going to be there? Last time I, I, I went I L.L. Wait. Bean catalog. I know. I'm going to have to get my roast notes ready. <laughs> um, I think that about that about does it. That Dan. about does it. Uh, we'll say, uh, Andrew, thanks again. Yeah. Uh, super fun. Um, everybody Much else. Appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of your evening. Uh, catch the recap. If you're just joining us, catch the recap on our social media um, and the audio drops tomorrow. Yeah. Um, and guys, uh, Daniel, you you need to remember one thing. I love you. Always have. <laughs> <laughs> and guys, remember, it's not goodbye forever. It's just one more. Andrew was over there thinking there was no more POD drops. He's like, just when you thought all the POD was done. <laughs> one more. One more. It'll get you. Uh, all right, everybody. Always another. <laughs> Dancing Gnome, thank you so much. Go check them out. Get your statewide shipping. Um, Best Best Friends Podcast, episode 105. We out. See you.